Listening to the Mike Kara Radio Program, Eye on the Nation.
Welcome back to our next edition of the Mike Care Radio program, Eye on the Nation. We definitely have our Eye on the Nation, as always, proudly broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And my guest today is a great uh, musician and saxophone player and keyboardist, Mr. Marty Greb, who has been, of course, with the legendary band The Buckinghams, as well as performing with uh, such artists as Etta James and Bonnie Raitt. And Mar- Marty, it's a pleasure and honor you could uh, join me today, and we want to talk all about uh, you know those uh, good old days and what you're uh, doing now so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started into music come from a musical family mother and father both players my dad Harry Greb was a multi-instrumentalist he's passed on now and my mom uh, did play piano she's in her 90s now doesn't play anymore my brother is older than I and a guitarist and a renowned teacher and, and, you know, came to write jazz instruction books with guys like Howard Roberts and Joe Pass and people like that. So music was all, all around the family. My sister sang, played guitar and bass. April is her name. And, uh, really I started playing professionally at age 12 and, uh, and I had a young band that, um, sort of morphed a bit into this band called The Exceptions, which was myself and Peter Cetera, a guitar player named Cal David, and a drummer, Danny Dean, and that changed to myself, Peter Cetera, Jim Vincent, and a, and a drummer named Bill Herman, and that was a four-piece group, all of which all people in the band sang. And at that time period, we we backed up a lot of vocal groups around the Chicago area, like the Dells and a bunch of um, African-American singing groups that really was influential to me and, um, well, kind of looking more into gospel music, for one thing, because that's what was their background, and uh, and, and sort of parallel to that band and at the same club on the off nights of when we played down on Rush Street was a band called The Missing Links that included Terry Kath and uh, Danny Serafin and Walt Perizader and Terry Kath and I became roommates and intended to start a band of our own I was going to leave the exceptions and do that but the Buckinghams um, asked me to join them and that was a way for me to get right on the road and get into the studio, get some songs recorded, and they were a great group of guys. Terry was actually hanging more with some other people, uh, some other horn players who turned out to be Jim Panko and Lee Lochnane, and Robert Lamb was in the mix. And those guys had their band called The Big Thing then, and they added Peter Cetera and became Chicago which I became a part of for a couple of years, much later, that was 78 to 80, um, and that was interspersed with a lot of other things. I hate to go on so, but you asked the question, and (laughs) part of that just uh, was the blessings of my life and God handing me varying connections, uh, and one of those was a mentor, Leon Russell, who was very studied in gospel music and the Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal piano-style playing and rock and roll playing all mixed together. He sort of 
created a musical style, and it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Leon Russell. And that led kind of to a lot of other things. I lived in Woodstock and met the guys from The Band and went on uh, tours with Rick Danko as his solo tours and worked with Lee Von Helm and wrote songs with Richard Manuel and Terry Danko and went on tour with Garth Hudson last year and um, Bonnie Raitt came to town while I lived there and uh, asked me to play on her first Warner Brothers record in 1972 and that ended up to be a 25 year thing on and off but that was interspersed with a lot of other stuff you know projects and studio work and some producing and uh, a lot of stuff. Etta James came to live with myself and the drummer Greg Thomas and formed a band with Buzzy Featon uh, that expanded uh, as it went. Reggie McBride, great Motown bass player who now has a million credits and has played with Barbra Streisand and Tony Bennett. And if you look up Reggie McBride, he's done it all. And then she added a horn section, and I don't know, a lot of things just kept changing and happening, and I got to start to write horn arrangements for people back in Chicago. It sort of turned back to that. A lot of blues people that I had met in the early days came back to me, and I wrote some charts for um, Buddy Guy and... uh, and uh, varying people from there and got to play on Otis Rush records and did some arranging for him. And and so I jumped around a lot, you know. And uh, out in L.A., uh, a lot of session work and a lot of meeting of great players like Jim Keltner, who I still talk to to this day, and a bunch of other people, a lot of horn players, horn sections I played in and other keyboard players Walt Richmond who ended up I brought in I introduced to Bonnie and became her boyfriend for a time and the other keyboard player in the band and he went on to play with Eric Clapton and so did I and (laughs) so you know there's just a lot of stuff that happened over a long period of time and recently through playing with Garth Hudson um, I hooked up with guys that I knew back from Woodstock, and we have a band called The Wait, which consists of two members of Levon Helm's final band and the two members of the band that were added after Robbie Robertson left, the guitarist Jim Weeder and Randy Ciarlante and myself have a band called The Wait. And we do band songs, and uh, it's very close to the band. It's it's not some tribute band thing. It, it has solid connections to the band. And um, if you come and hear it, you'll find it out for yourself. We played in Chicago at the City Winery in New York, and we were doing mini tours. So we should be down by you at some point in time. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you keep uh, uh, pretty busy now, then. Yeah, I, uh, it's just gone on and on. I 
have a little small studio of my own, and people call me in still to do some session work, and some I do remotely. And I still get to write some songs with Leon Russell and varying people here and there. It just sort of pops up. And I have three albums, two completed and one that I'm finishing, a gospel record, and then I have a ballads album that are some standards with a lot of harmony singing and a, a new blues album that will come out sometime this year. Not sure when or how or what. I have to make some connections there. And then there's a bunch of songs I wrote with Richard Manuel that and Terry Danko that legally are in a sort of a holding pattern. I hope that all comes out. That's a bunch of stuff that I recorded with Richard and Terry. And Garth had a part in that, too, in the songwriting of some of that. But there's a bunch of legal issues about that. I don't know what's going to happen with it. There are heirs involved, uh, Richard's children and his uh, ex-wife, Arlie Manuel, who is a good friend of mine. And with that, Marty, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back. My guest today is a legendary musician, Mr. Marty Greb, of course, a keyboard player from the legendary Chicago band, the Buckinghams, as well as performing with some uh, great legends such as Willie Nelson and Etta James and, of course, Bonnie Raitt, and he's a great uh, saxophone player and keyboardist. And we also want to uh, mention, as far as the Buckinghams go, that uh, at the arcade, Theater actually in the Chicagoland area on May 7th. Uh, four of the original Buckinghams will be in concert. It's a one night only, so you definitely want to uh, check that out. Again, my guest is the legendary uh, saxophone player and keyboardist, Mr. Marty Greb. You are listening to the Mike Care Radio program, Eye on the Nation. Definitely have our Eye on the Nation, as always, partly broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, Planet Earth. And please stay with with us for our next segment of this edition of our program today. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. You're listening to the Mike Kara Radio Program, Eye on the Nation. This big city life is moving too fast Going up to the high woods with the trees and the grass Gotta forget my problems before I explode I've got to slow down let a butterfly cross the Fly 
ain't making that mistake Just get in that canoe Let's ride around the lake Throw a line in the water And watch the day unfold Got the slow way down Let a butterfly cross the road back to our next segment of this edition of the Mike Care Radio Program, Eye on the Nation. We definitely have our Eye on the Nation, as always, probably broadcasting from Coe, Florida, USA, Planet Earth. My guest today is the legendary one and only Mr. Marty Greb, who is a great saxophone and uh, keyboard player. Of course, a great uh, Chicago guy. Uh, he uh, was the original keyboardist for the legendary and should be Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, the Buckinghams. He's performed with such legends such as Leon, Leon Russell and uh, Willie Nelson and Etta James and, of course, the legendary Bonnie Raitt. Uh, he is a great saxophone and uh, keyboardist, and we're so uh, so honored to have him here today. We want to let everyone know that coming up on May 7th of this year at the Arcadia Theater in the Chicagoland area that the four of the five original Buckinghams will be performing one night only. You definitely want to check that out. It's a fundraiser for Marty, and uh, you definitely want to check that out. So again, uh, Marty uh, Greb, a keyboard player, and a saxophone player extraordinaire and marty pleasure and honor you could join me today thanks so much and uh, marty tell us a little bit more about this uh, gospel album 
Well, I, that kind of stems from the connections I made, and especially with Leon. He he used to invite gospel artists in varying cities to come join him on stage, and he would actually get out there and preach too. And part of that for me was Leon was very supportive and uh, always egged me on to go, you know, push the envelope, uh, so to speak. And he positioned me on stage right on a riser, right above him in his, his hands, so that I could watch him play, play rhythm guitar throughout the show. He mounted two of my saxophones on stands so I could play rhythm guitar, walk up and play solos, and then when he played guitar, I would play piano. So that was a lot to bite off, but he got me into doing that, and then he knew I played organ, so I did some organ playing, too, in some versions of his bands. That started in uh, late 75, early 76, and it worked out that when he was touring, Bonnie was not... And Rick Danko was—he was in the mix, and Richard was in there, and I ended up working with Willie Nelson too because I met him through Leon Russell and other people too. I, through connections with Bonnie, she would have all kinds of people as opening acts or open for others, like Stevie Ray Vaughan was a co-bill, so I got to do that. And uh, I'm not too much in touch with the Chicago guys anymore, except for Chris Pinnock, who was a former guitarist after Terry passed. We were both in that band together. And I'm still in touch with Hawk Walensky, who is a, a well-known songwriter who lives in Nashville, and Danny Serafin, who I'm going to play with in Chicago on March the 7th at the Arcata Theater. Oh, okay. So you mentioned that you're going May, to... I'm sorry. May the 7th. Oh, May the 7th. Yeah, sorry. Well, that's okay. I was just going to ask you if you could tell us more about that concert. Well, I can tell you a little bit. You can look for it online. It's actually a concert that is dedicated to me and my musical career and life. Due, due to some uh, um, health issues that I'm having that spiritually I don't really want to go into because I don't want to throw any gasoline on that fire whatsoever. I'm really working on that in spiritual ways and homeopathic ways outside of the American Medical Association, which are working well for me right now, so I don't want to... I don't want to throw any monkey wrenches anywhere. Oh, that's uh, okay. Uh, so you you mentioned that you've got uh, so you you're working currently on two albums as at once. Is that right? Well, I've just finished two, and the third one is the gospel one you asked about, and that has about three songs to go. And I'm writing songs with varying people. I have one of those written with Leon Russell and one with another songwriter friend, John Castleberry, and the rest I wrote myself. And uh, on the blues album, 
I have one song that I sang with my daughter, Anna Greb, who's a great singer, and she's also on the Ballads album, too. We, we have a song together there. Oh, uh, fantastic. Uh, so, you know, I'm already kind of talking about the old days. So when you were with the, uh, you know, uh, Buckinghams and, you know, you play keyboard there, did you create your own uh, kind of, you know, you know, st- I mean, music or how did that work as far as your part then? Well, the Buckinghams were already something that was in motion. They had a chart record when I was asked to join the band, which after I joined it, shot up to number one. And then we hired uh, Jim Gersio to be producer and manager, which in some ways worked well and in other ways did not work so well. And there's a lot of stories of the 60s in that regard where bands really didn't make a lot of the dough because they made bad deals for publishing and writers and and record royalties for that matter and that all involved lawyers and it involved managers so um as far as the musical playing of parts Generally speaking, I played what was in my head after hearing whatever the song was. I didn't write hits. I only had some local hits of the Buckinghams that I wrote. Um, And the the bigger hits were written by a guy named Jim Holvey, who was a local Chicago guy, which included five songs and then two others. Um one of which was called Back in Love Again that I wrote, and You Misunderstand Me, which I wrote. And one written by Joe Zawinall, Mercy Mercy, that had lyrics added to it. That was a hit for us, too. Oh, okay, and uh, I would be remiss if I, I didn't a- a- you know, ask this question. I had asked, uh, Carl, you know, being originally from Chicago, I want to mention that there, that, uh, you know, one of the things, there were so many great uh, bands, and I mean, from your perspective, did you feel that, uh, you know, you were really competing, you know, like with the New Colony Six and the Crying Shames, or, I mean, do you feel c- camaraderie with all those bands? Uh, yeah, I feel camaraderie. I don't feel competition. My father was um, a deep soul, besides being a great player and uh, an intelligent person. And he always told me that if you compare talent, you'll never truly be happy. So I, you know, I learned that at a young age. And I'm more, I'm more was a sponge guy. You know, let me. Let me, let me pick up what you have, and I'm happy to share what I have. So that happened in a lot of cases because I was signed to VJ Records at age 16 with the exceptions, and they had many blues artists. That was through the Dells, actually. They introduced us to Calvin Carter at VJ. was our producer, but that label had Jimmy Reed and John Lee Hooker and a lot of blues artists, you know, so I got to meet all of them. And play alongside of a bunch of them. And then later on, I was on the road with Bonnie and and, uh, Muddy Waters, you know, who I had met and recorded at Chess Studios. And 
those connections all came back around, and I got to know Charles Brown, and who was really Ray Charles's idol, and I got to meet Ray Charles. I have a picture of him and me and Edda James. And as far as the Chicago talent pool, um, it goes much, much deeper than that than, than let's say, the British Invasion bands. Because prior to that, you know, it was all those R&B bands and, and Curtis Mayfield and all the blues. I mean, the blues really, in a certain way, from the Delta to Chicago to vinyl, you know, that's kind of how it was. Um, that that type of blues, Muddy Waters really created that sound, and and Howlin' Wolf, and a lot of people tacked their thing on, and then great guitarists like Freddie King, who passed through town and and uh, was taken under the wing of those people, and so was Buddy Guy by Muddy Waters. You know, uh, I have a book that I'm writing. I'm about three quarters done with that talks about all of that stuff, but it's a lot of history there. And a lot of things that, let's say, for example, if we're going to talk about Chicago bands and the British Invasion, we'd, we'd have to mention the British Invasion, which included Led Zeppelin, who took a lot of that music and rechanneled it into their own thing. They took the blue stuff of Muddy Waters and a lot of those guys and, and revamped it, you know, turned it into rock songs and later... They had to give credit <laughs> to, uh, it went to court in, in some cases, and they had to give credit to those guys who they took that from originally, you know. And and we, we can't say enough about, like, the staple singers. My God, uh, the band got a lot of stuff from the staple singers and, and their style, their simplicity and harmonies. I would, I would say there's much akin to the band and a lot of um, stylings and then and then we can't also forget the folk movement which we have to say I always say the greatest American poet and songwriter would be Bob Dylan who I got to meet a few times and that mixed in with all that music if you remember you know it there was the so called folk rock thing which Bob Dylan hated hated that title but it was that mixture too and then there was the birds who who had that as their sort of they created a whole style from that which turned into Crosby, Stills and Nash and a lot of connections there you know and with that Marty we're going to take a quick break and we will be back for our very last segment of this edition of our program today my guest today is the one and only Mr. Marty Greb who is a legendary uh, keyboard and saxophone player he has performed with many artists actually if we list all the artists we'll probably be here an additional five minutes some of the highlights include Leon Russell um, Willie Nelson uh, Bonnie Raitt Etta James and the list just goes on and on and on and on and uh, of course uh, Marty was the original uh, keyboard player for the Buckinghams one of the best darn uh, Chicago bands 
out there. And we want to let everyone know that uh, for one night only on May 7th at the Arcadia Theater, and you could get more information if you go uh, to Marty's website and the Arcadia Theater's website, that four of the five Buckinghams will be performing. Unfortunately, the drummer had passed away, but actually Danny Serafin of the legendary band of Chicago will be the drummer. So, man, this is going to be one heck of a of a concert so you definitely want to ch- check that out so marty grab uh musician saxophone player a uh, keyboard player extraordinaire you are listening to the mike care radio program eye on the nation definitely have our eye on the nation as always probably broadcasting from Akoi, florida usa planet earth and please stay with us for our very last segment of this edition of our program today still not convinced watch as i hit the grill glove with this 3400 degree blowtorch and it's barely even warm. I am now telling the computer exactly what he can do with a lifetime supply of chocolate. You're listening to the Mike Cara Radio Program, I and the Nation.
Welcome back to our very last segment of this edition of the Mike Care Radio Program, Eye on the Nation. We definitely have our Eye on the Nation, as always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And my guest today is the one and only Mr. Marty Greb, who is a great uh, saxophone and keyboard player extraordinaire. He has played with some of the legendary greats, such as Etta James and Willie Nelson and Bonnie Raitt and Leon Russell, and the list just is going on and on and on. Of course, uh, he was the original uh, keyboard player for the legendary uh, Chicago band, uh, the Buckinghams. He also did a little singing and some of the writing for that band. So we, you know, I just love Chicago bands, and it's great to talk. You know, I miss Chicago. Not, I know I miss the snow and the slush and the slop to a certain extent. But, uh, you know, it is so, so great to have someone like uh, Marty on the program today. And we also, one final time, want to let everyone know that, you know, coming up on May 7th at the Arcadia Theater, uh, you can check in the Chicagoland area and you can check all, all the web pages. And we'll have some information, too, that uh, the four of the five uh Buckingham's will be performing. Uh, unfortunately, the drummer had passed has passed away a few years ago. But you're going to have Danny Serafin, the drummer uh, of uh, Chicago or former drummer of Chicago, and boy, that's you know I'm thinking about making taking a road trip, man. That's right, baby. I'm thinking about maybe taking a road trip. But if I don't, you know, please uh, think about that. And it is such a pleasure and honor uh, to speak to Marty and, uh, you know, remember those good times. And I am convinced that those times are not forgotten. And Marty is still, I want to mention that, I mentioned this, that he is still performing. He is still putting out CDs. He is still even doing a one-night-only show with the Buckinghams at the Arcadia Theater. So you want to check all that wonderful things out. I want to thank each and every one of our listeners. Uh, this is a is a pleasure and honor that you could join me today and listen to this wonderful show. If you've got suggestions, ideas, always open to that. Uh, you could check me out on my website. I have got a, a wonderful, I don't know if it's wonderful, but uh, phone, cell phone and uh, email information. Uh, please also check me out on uh uh, Tumblr, uh, Mike Kara Media Group, and please ch- check me out on Twitter. I'm excited. We're we're getting some of my tweet peeps. That's right. I don't know. Maybe maybe I can copyright that. I am sure somebody has already thought of tweet peeps. But you know, I appreciate my tweet peeps. And if you'd like to be a tweet peep, you can just go to Twitter.com. It is Mike Kara seventy three. That is M I K E K A R A seventy three. And please, be one of my tweet peeps. I would love it. And uh, again, um, Marty Greb, great uh, keyboard and uh, saxophone player. Thanks so much. We truly do appreciate uh, your time. We're truly blessed, and thanks so much. So, yeah, Marty, you know, you had a chance to uh, perform with a lot of great uh, artists. So I guess our audience and myself are, you kind of, you kind of touched on this is, you know, how, how you're contacted then, or I mean, how, how do you, did you get all these gigs then? Well, my opinion about that is, um, and for anybody who's interested is, is uh, if you if your heart, mind, and soul are in the right place, you automatically become a people magnet. And my spiritual belief is that the blessings of that 
come from God, as I understand that there is a God and creator of the universe. Because any time in my life I've tried to make something happen or force it to happen or bang on doors or beg people to do stuff, it never works out. But suddenly a door opens and somebody says, hey, do you want to do this? And that's how it's always been for me, every single time. Somebody say, hey, what about that guy? And then I get a call, or Leon Russell, for example, knocked on my door. I did not know him. Knocked on my door and said, hey, I heard you did this and that, and I'm doing some auditioning. Will you come over tomorrow? And and I said, yeah, sure, of course. And then through him, I met a lot of other people. J.J. Kale, we got to play with him. Eric Clapton got to play with him, and he recorded some songs I co-wrote, and... And uh, so it's all a connection. And, and, you know, inside that, there's always a buzz of people talking. I had heard about the band all the way back to when I was in The Exceptions, and they were called Levon and the Hawks, or they were with Ronnie Hawkins up in Canada, you know. And they were making a, a, a noise that we heard when we toured during the summer when I was a junior in high school, and then... Uh, after I went to music conservatory for a while in Chicago and then started touring and we'd go up north to Port Huron, Michigan and around Wisconsin and man, you heard about those guys, you know? They were they were making a lot of noise up there and that's why Bob Dylan latched on to them, took them on the road. And also there was Paul Butterfield. I, I used to run into him and Mike Bloomfield and then recorded with them and then he was there in Woodstock. He had the Butterfield Blues Band and then a band called Better Days. And I knew him for the rest of his life. He died way too young because, unfortunately, and I'll warn any kids out there who might be listening to this, to stay as far away as you can from alcohol and drugs as an enhancement to music because, really, it is not. All it will do is get you in massive trouble and it it won't add anything to anything you're trying to do and waste your time oh okay and that's definitely a good advice so marty i uh took the liberty of going on here youtube because you know we want to encourage everyone you know to check you out so it looks like you've got uh, quite uh, a, a array of uh, youtube videos here well there are some I, as far as what i've done in my life, you can see more of that on the All Music Guide. I think that's at allmusic.com, if I'm not mistaken. And then you can put in someone's name, and it shows all the recordings they've played on. So as far as records, it shows that. But it doesn't show a lot of the live connections or, you know, things that just sort of happen um, when you're on the road and uh, say there's a show with several bands or festivals. I got to meet a lot of people that way. I was in this band called the Fabulous Rhinestones in Woodstock. That was a band that was managed by Michael Lang, the guy who put on the Woodstock Festival and then had a record label. And through him, I met hundreds of people. And Janis Joplin lived there, and Jimi Hendrix had a house there, and the the band had a house there, and Bob Dylan had a house there, and it was a, a musical hotbed of activity. 
So all kinds of stuff like that, you know. And then you meet this guitar player, and he shows up there later. Or I happened to meet Mike Finnegan when I was still in high school, and he went on to have a enormous career. He's playing with Bonnie right now. But he played on a Jimi Hendrix record, Electric Ladyland. And so all these contacts... Uh, you just run into people in different bands and you make friends and sometimes you end up recording together like the Neville Brothers and Ivan Neville is a very good friend of mine um, and we've written some songs together and Aaron Neville I got to help co-produce a little bit with Ivan and so uh, it's never ending and I think maybe through those things you start to investigate different styles so I met Dr. John and invent, investigated more New Orleans music, which I knew a little bit about the 50s style of New Orleans. But when you hear Dr. John, you go, wow, what's all that? And underneath that is all the people that he got things from, you know, back to Tuts Washington, and then there's Alan Toussaint and all the things he wrote. And there's a connection, once again, with the band. They used him to do some arranging on their Rock of Ages album, and he was part of The Last Waltz. And, you know, so there's it's one big, happy musical family, and I am very blessed to be a part of that in my own way. Okay, uh, Marty, you know, I, I have to ask, being a music guy now, you, you of course, you, you're legendary, you know, on the keyboard and saxophone, so I'm wondering, did you, what kind of saxophone was it, alto or tenor or bass or? I play them all. I play soprano, alto, tenor, and baritone. I don't, I don't play a bass sax. I've never, I've wrestled with those gorillas a time or two, but to have one and keep it repaired, it, it's not really a thing I would use. I do my own horn sections. I'm not that known uh, for my singing as I, as much as I actually have done in my life. You'd have to go find my music and hear my singing. I'm more known as a as a piano player, which really is my first instrument. Saxophone was second, and organ was third, and then from there came bass and drums and and everything else. I learned how to play stringed instruments, guitar, from my brother while he was practicing. I just asked him questions, and I sort of learned how to play that uh, accidentally, really, you know, just by sitting and watching TV and saying, what's that? And he would show me. That's how I learned how to play guitar. And then Terry Cat, I'd say, what's that? He was my roommate, and he'd show me <laughs> some stuff that I could play. Uh, you know, he was way over my head, but I, I learned some of the things, and rhythmic, rhythmically especially, he was an extremely great rhythm player. Um, and then there are, you know, you make brothers and sisters too. At what at, at a certain point in time, Bonnie Raitt was my sister. Dennis Tufano is my brother, and and other people are my true brothers. You know, and the guys in the weight band are are my brothers. Garth Hudson is still my brother and one of two musical geniuses that I know, the other being Leon Russell. Those guys are on their own planet and their own level. They can play things, and, and they really don't 
they're in a certain mental place that other human beings really are not. It's pretty amazing, but they're they're in a whole other zone. They Leon can sit down and write you a song. In the time we just talked, he could have the song finished, top to bottom, and it'll be a great song. Oh, great! Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, Marty. Now you, you know, said you know you play all these instruments. Maybe you've done this, but have you ever thought about you know maybe recording something and playing all the instruments on different tracks? Or the three albums that I just discussed are that. Oh, I in my last solo record which is called High Step and which is out there in the world. You can get it at uh, Amazon or CD Baby. Is that? That record sold pretty well in Europe. Not as well known here. It was on Luna Chica label for a while. And I own it again. I have to get it back out there. CD Baby is actually bugging me for more copies. And I've been remiss in giving them some. But that is all and played by myself. And the Ballads album is a lot of five to eight part harmonies, which is all myself, and all instruments played by myself. And so is the Blues album. Oh, great. Okay, uh, Marnie. Now, uh, I know you have a fa- Facebook, but I mean, if people like to find out more information about you, do you have a website or just a Facebook? or? Mostly Facebook now, the website stuff. The guy who was handling it for me is no longer around, so I need to jump back on that, but I've been so busy with other things. I really haven't had the time to do it, and um, yeah, just too too much else going on. I need to take care of that, but there's, there's so many other things I'm trying to do that it's kind of not been happening. Oh, and if somebody, uh, Marty, would like to, you know, purchase some of all these CDs you've been talking about, you said Amazon's a good place? Yes, but the three new ones that I'm talking about are not out yet. Okay. And the blues album is called Last Stand in America. That what That's not released. And the ballads album is called Love Songs I Have Loved. And the gospel album is as yet unnamed and unfinished, but it's almost finished. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, really appreciate uh, your time. Monday. Any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention? Yeah, I'd like to mention that I'm I'm going to be doing an album with and for Dennis Stefano. We're just scratching the surface on that, written a couple of songs, and uh, we'll be working on that this year, so he'll have a new CD that we've gotten to work on together, and that's a lot of fun. And uh, hoping just to stay healthy, be able to do some music with my daughter, my friends in the weight band, and a few other odds and ends along the way. But the weight band is is picking up momentum. We're doing more as time goes on and stretching out to other parts of the country, so keep an eye out. Okay. We'll be in Chicago at the City Winery again for a three-night stand because we sold out and they want us to come back for three nights consecutive. I don't know when that will be, but you can kind of watch their their schedule. And the same thing in, in New York City. 
we did two sold out shows there in one night so they want to add another night at least so i guess i guess that's about it except uh looking forward to seeing everybody and if you're playing an instrument and you have some consternation don't worry about it it's a journey really you know not uh not really ever a destination and uh don't be afraid just put in your time have confidence and have fun with it Oh, okay. Uh, f- fantastic. And one uh, final question, Marty. And I, I don't think it's true, but it should be. I mean, are the Buckinghams in the Hall, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or not? They should be. Well, I thank you very much for the should be. And in, in my own humble opinion, I'd have to agree uh, from the standpoint of being the first horn band, quote, unquote, uh, let's say of the white kids anyway, <laughs> or blue-eyed soul kids that got on the charts and were followed by the many. If you listen to the song, if you can find it, What is Love, which happens to be a song I wrote, you can hear a crossover of that song, which was not a hit, to both Blood, Sweat, and Tears and Chicago. If you listen to it, you can hear that a little bit of a crossover because it was us breaking out of the pop mold into more advanced music, which was not accepted by our fan base or by Columbia Records, which wanted to keep us a bubblegum pop band doing the same thing over and over. And that's kind of why, in certain ways, the band ended, really. Right. Uh, okay, uh, Marty, appreciate your time. My guest has been uh, uh, Marty Grebin. You've been listening to the Mike Care Radio program, Eye on the Nation, and please catch us again next time.